glug, glug, glug. Oh. That was a weak sound. <laughs> you know, it was a little bit louder from where I am, which is next to the beer, holding it, in fact. But let's try this. What kind of beer are you drinking, Cole? Um, I'm drinking some fancy uh, homes. Oh, look at this. Home slice. What does it say at the bottom? Erect beer. It's an erect beer, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you drink beer and it makes your pee-pee soft, and this beer does not. So I'm glad yeah. they invented that for erect some reason. beer. Well, we've been waiting for for years. We have. You can make millions on that. You can, really. Beer that still makes your heart. Hard beer. Oh, that's what hard seltzer should be. Seltzer <laughs> that makes you hard. No alcohol. Well, you won't hate the millions of dollars we'll be rolling in. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this pod, we do capitalism. Um, so this podcast, the topic is Washington, D.C. Yeah. Uh, so what's your favorite Washington? I guess state. Oh, yeah, I've never been. I haven't uh, either. I just don't like Washington, D.C. Yeah. What's your I favorite like, Washington? Um, the bridge, George oh. Washington's bridge, because there's the song that goes, George Washington Bridge. Is there? Oh, George Washington, George Washington Bridge. Yeah. What's your favorite D.C.? Uh, Haverford. Mm. I'm a big fan of direct current. Oh. Yeah, it's really good for pairing things up. <laughs> uh, we could do a Philly pod at some point, you know, talking about Philadelphia. but I think that would be fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always not... sunny here. It is. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Everyone's not. Um, well, it's currently storming. What? Is that allowed? It's not allowed. It's not allowed. That's, um, but you're inside. Have you been outside in the storm? Yes, I went for a really nice stormy walk right before potting. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. How have you been? What you been up to? Oh boy, it's been an intense bit of time. Um, Bob has yeah. gone to the vet three oh, times. No. Oh no, Is she okay? Once she was doing poo poo bad, by which I mean she had diarrhea. Um, you know, why don't you take me for the vet, huh? To the vet. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you to the vet. For real with it, Bobka. Oh, you want to know my world? Okay. But yeah, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and currently she she must have like jumped or fallen in a weird way and she hurt her oh. paw. So oh. on Sunday, Sophia and I spent like three hours in the sun outside the vet's office because they yes. like wouldn't let the people into yeah. the vet's office. We were like, well, we're here in Fairmount, so. Fun. How'd you get there? Uh, we drove. Oh, so wow. We a car from Ren. Nice. Yeah. Well. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> I, uh, I started banjo class. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Who's teaching banjo class? Izzy. This is her mm. banjo. Fun. Yeah, it's. That's that's really fun. I figured out how to play like one of my favorite um, traditional Doc Watson songs that oh. actually really plays on uh, 
on prepare to meet God. Uh, God. Prepare to meet God. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, otherwise I'm excited for... to see you in less than yeah. a week. It's from what you're telling me, it seems like a big week with the medical profession. Yeah. You got vets, Doc Watson. <laughs> yeah. Did you get your COVID test at the vet too? Uh, yes. They were like, what if your pet, pet has diarrhea and you have COVID? Yeah. They started yeah, a little small. I went vibe, I can know. Yeah, you vibed. Yeah. I always, I refuse to ever go to vibe. Didn't I heard on the net that there is one good place at 58 that does like non-nasal swab. Yeah. Well, Sayre is currently yeah. super duper overbooked and they were yeah, like, it'll take up to 20 days for your results to come back. Jesus Christ. But one cool okay. thing was that um, my insurance company uh, has waived all copays for like COVID visits. Yeah. So it was free for me. I think that's, they legally have to. Like, I think that was passed in law that all health insureds have to do. Yeah. Oh, well. So, but still good, yeah. Yeah. What, what, are, what have you been up to? Emma visited you? Oh, yeah. So I've been doing a lot. So it was Emma, her girlfriend, Jordy, and their housemate who drove, who's named Sophia. So, yeah, it was really nice to have them there. My um, housemate. Yeah, Sophia. Different Sophia, though. It was really nice. Yeah, I haven't seen my sister in a while. She's kind of hung out, sat by the beach, went in the water occasionally, like ran outside, um, cooked a lot, had some time. Um, and then my friend Kira visited. So this is the eldest daughter of the like family friends in New Jersey. And Kira basically went to a socially distanced 30th birthday party camping trip in Cape Cod, where like everyone was in their own tent part. <laughs> And to break up the driving, she asked if she could stay here. And so she ended up staying for two nights. Like, it was very, she, like, she was not part of her pod. So, like, we, like, ate meals outside. And then, like, at night, she'd, like, creep up to the third floor where nobody's sleeping. <laughs> um, so we did it, like, very, so, like, Emma and her friends and me formed a pod. Um, not a podcast, but, yeah. And then Kira kind of just came to Not allowed. Yeah, not a podcast. But it was really nice to see Kira too. Like she's tuned. Yeah, like this is she was like four years older than me. And then after graduation, lived in Portland for another year. She went to read and then moved to Taiwan for several years. So all the time I was like visiting their family in New Jersey while I was in college, I like barely saw her. Um so yeah, I was gonna spend time with her. And then her she was telling me about her sister's bed, Tess, who I'm closer to because she's our age. Um and Tess sold me on getting a futon, a Japanese futon to sleep on. So I'm going to be a floor sleeper. Oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> that was so loud. Holy shit. So we know YouTube works. Wow. Okay. Now I know. You, are you paying attention? Uh, should I? <laughs> I am paying attention. Okay. I also am having technical difficulties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. I can wrap it up if you want. No, 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 no. Oh. You're getting oh. your Japanese futon because of Tess. And my back really hurts <laughs> all the time. In fact, like while Emma's been here, I haven't. Bed? What's the? It's it's like a like it's like a three inch mattress you put on the floor. Oh, huh. yeah. nice. 
and you or on a mat or on a bed frame, but it can't be a slatted bed frame. It's like it'll it'll be uncomfy. Uh, so I'm gonna be a little hipster with a floor sleep minimalism, um, which should be fun. But yeah, it's been crazy times. We did some good foods. Um, we got a car. <laughs> yeah, you want to do uh, our couple talk. medians in cars drinking? Yeah. Gosh, that would be incredible. Uh, yeah, I'm like stressed, like, oh, I got to do car things. I got to car, you know, I have, tomorrow I'm going to read the manual, which is 700 pages. So it's only like the third longest book written in quarantine. Just mini, <laughs> just light. Um, I have also been reading a little bit of Infinite Jeff in May again, but anyway, <laughs> it's it's a lot easier to. Well, actually, it's less fun, but yeah. So it plugs in, which is wild. So I went to the water's edge and plugged it in for a bit, as Michael's type says. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to you know, be mobile. It is a little less room than I would love, but like, I don't know, you have to, unless you're paying a lot of money, you have to pick certain things. Um, yeah. And the fuel, like, environmental costs, or the fuel mileage is good, and so that will, like, really help me, and also, like, because it was from a Toyota dealership, and it's somewhat newish, like, it has a really good warranty, because I'm really worried about fixing cars and things, and yeah. The only bummer is now you won't have the same car as work. Right. Um, but, you know, some cool people have Priuses, Phoebe Bridgers, others. Alana Cates. <laughs> yeah. Does she still? Yeah. Is it new? No. She had a Prius. Uh, yeah, so she doesn't anymore because that car got totaled. Like, in senior oh, year. really? Over, like, fall break. Yeah. Oh. Well, it was, it was actually, she was, like, backing out of her driveway, and someone was shooting along. So, that's funny. Yeah. Um, the worst thing, the worst car totaling of Haverford College was when Andy Beck totaled Cumbie's car. Um, how did that happen? He borrowed Cumbie's car. <laughs> right. Um, so, you're saying I should so never give my car to Andy? I'm saying... Yeah, I don't know if I would recommend it. I think it was also like a weird accident that was not Andy's fault. Yeah. Toker Tammy was an extremely old car. Also, she was called Toker Tammy because it like, like you could see the fumes coming out when you started god. the car. Oh my god. Yeah, I think I have like friends I'll lend the car, I'll be okay lending the car to, and it's like, Miranda, Worth. Worth? <laughs> Why are you gonna lend your car to Worth? No, but friends who I'd be like, yeah, you can drive my car. Like, who would potentially want need to drive the car at any point? Okay. I don't but know. Not me, person who you can't, can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely not Allison. I can't borrow your car. Yeah, but after the story of Allison picking up Worth from the airport, no, no. way. Terrifying. Um, Andy, no. Yeah. No, maybe. You could let Hayden drive your car. Yeah, I, I was more thinking like people who would need to. Like, I'm sure I'd trust Michael, but also Michael has a car. Yeah. I'm assuming they're bringing it to Philly because they need to. Drive I don't know. Stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. Well, this is an adult world. 
I know. Well, I'm going to text the word, email Meg from the pod and be like, I have a car now. Let me know what I can do. Because it's remote, a lot is like ferrying drives and things between people. Uh, right. So I can do some of that. And like, be like, hey, I'll, I'll archive this drive. Yeah. Yeah, archive the drive while you're driving. Ugh, it sucks about um, Sire because, oh, I, I'll talk to Noah. We <laughs> Noah was planning to fly in on the 7th. And then we were going to crash. He was going to crash at my place. We would podcast then. And we were going to get tested. And his plan is to get, like, to move to New York after he's been tested. But <laughs> Yeah, I think all of the places in Philly are now a lot slower. Yeah. Because they need That's... tests in other parts of right. the country. Well, I think everywhere. Like, Connecticut, it was, like, really slow. So I don't know if I'll be able to get one by New Hampshire. Like, I know. I will. I'm gonna try and go tomorrow, but like, yeah, I might be able to get at Waller in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, my test will either come in right before or Waller in New Hampshire. Right. It's yeah. I mean, I I'm okay. You know, we have been like seeing people, but like quarantining, like people who have been quarantining. Like, yeah. It sounds worse than it is because Jordy works at a grocery store, but also she works at the deli counter beside like plexiglass so the only person she's ever interacts with is the other deli counter worker and they still have yeah yeah kira was telling me a lot about it because her mom got it and had really like it was really bad um, i remember hearing about it she can get out of bed for like several weeks and afterwards the whole family got antibody tested and despite them like all living in the same house only like Kira and her dad didn't have it, but the youngest sister, Isis, had, had the antibodies. Oh. And she was like, what? Like, I didn't. <laughs> so, and that's like, yeah, I also had someone else saying that, like, they live with their family, like, their mom got it really badly, and, like, no one else. Anyway, there's a lot. There's a lot of fasting things, a lot of basic precautions we can do. I think in New Hampshire, we can just wash yeah. our hands. Um, we'll be spending a lot of time outside anyway. My pulse oximeter is coming tomorrow, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring mine there. Um, we got to do some readings. We got to do some, we got to read. Yeah. Um, As you say, start, read more. Read start reading. Mary asked me, was like, oh, yeah, so how do you, like, use, what's the feel? And I, like, I think I sent, like, way too much detail, like, the articles, like. That's great, because you said too much detail, and I'm going to ask Miri how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, no, doing it is easy. It's, like, what to look for, why it's important. And like, I can explain it now if you want, but I don't know. Um, Off the record. So instead of talking about um, measuring the oxygen in... We're going to do a live demonstration. Look at this. Here <laughs> we go. I'm going to put it middle finger is best. All right. So I'm flipping you off. flipping me off. Cool, it's one I have no pulse. I am legally dead. <laughs> I don't know if that's a term, but I think it's hilarious. Yeah. 98. That's good. That's my blood. So my blood oxygen level is 98%, and my heart rate is 79. Nice. So, yeah. Um, my new prank I want to do is get a bunch of, like, I'm really into custom bulk ordering things. And like for ideas I've been having, and one of them is to get like a fake event 
com- like I thought it'd be hilarious, like awful and hilarious if someone has done like a commemorative event face mask, like Ron and Jamie's wedding. We had it on Zoom, ha ha ha. Um, but like fake for a fake event that I just make up. Yeah. Because I think I feel like it's something someone's. It's a really tacky thing someone's done, and I would love to have a fake one. But then also, I want to start like, I want to order like fifty custom t-shirts for like another fake event and then just give them to thrift stores just like distribute them around and then it would be amazing if you saw someone wearing it yeah and then it's like it's in the lore you know like no one knows and like it doesn't matter like but you know like the same way that I invented a person when I was signing the the bell tower at Haverford and I had just like had written someone's name that didn't exist and that also that's submitted funny. a have crush about that person that only oh like Jake Bernstein liked because he wasn't a real person. Yeah. Um, I love when I'm on the Facebook and I get, well, it's always like 12 notifications going to go on once a day and it's bleh. And it's always, I love it when it's like Evangeline Davenport's birthday or like, what's the, oh, Travis McDank's birthday. Oh, I love Travis McDank. <laughs> I love Travis McDank. Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of people who have been important in our in our lives, it's time to talk about songs yeah. that have been important in our lives. Do you want to say, since you came yeah. up with the school theme, what it is? So my my thoughts were it'd be interesting. I was I was looking back on my iTunes and thinking about like what I liked at different times in my life. And I thought it would be fun to go through age year by age year, as opposed to calendar year, school year, year of the return, the year of the rabbit, you know, yeah. um, Y2K. I thought it'd be fun to do it for like each year that I was listening to music. So I thought we should pick one or two, two songs, two songs from each of the past like 10 years. So from 14 to 23 what we listened to, what we really like had an affinity for then and talk about why that was important, you know, what else was going on there that made it important. Yeah. Cool. Anything to add? Um, no, I'm just, you know, really excited about this. And we were talking about like, is this a song that, you know, like was formative to like who we were right. at 14? Is it a song that like, we just really fucking loved when we were 14? So I think we both settled on kind of a combo of that, which, like, obviously. Well, for me, there isn't that much distinction between the two. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say, is, like, what you listen to a lot is what's going to form you, and what, you know, like, is important to who you are as a person is what you're going to listen to. Um, Yeah, should we do two at a time, or? Yeah, we should do a year. Did you do two a year? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should just do year by year. Yeah, but should it be like I do my two songs for 14 and then you do your two? Or I think we can cut it down to less than five seconds of screen sharing. Oh, could you... Wait, we can do multiple. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Oh, this is... Yeah, um, let me see. Advanced sharing options. Who can share? How do I make you the host? Participants. That's what I have to do, right? Um, uh... Yeah. Whoops, okay. I clicked on myself because you're so, not Robert. Desktop. 
Wait, I don't know if I can. Oh, you don't have to share me your video. If you want. Um, oh, yeah. Wait, how do I? Wow. You go in advance. Advance. Boomerass. Um, okay. Music or computer sound only, but then you can't hear me. Oh, share computer. But no, because that's just the share screen, right? Because that's only for sharing. Well, let's try. Um, oh, okay. As opposed to video. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, sh you, me, who go first? Why? How? Uh, go for it. You go. Tell me about your 14. Me go? Okay, so when I was 14 years old, I basically started having taste in music. And this happened because um, my wonderful friend Tristan, who I'm still friends with, who you met, um, and I were in like, I was in ninth grade, they were in eighth grade, and we started sending each other um, indie rock, like YouTube links yeah. via email. And we'd be like, I think this is a really good song. I think you're gonna really like this. And so both of my songs for this year are uh, part of that. One very important thing that Tristan introduced me to is... probably knows Walcott um mm -hmm. I, uh, Vampire Weekend which was just like the most fun interesting song to me I love the string arrangements um Tristan is also uh their dad is French and their mom is French Canadian um oh, so wow. they got really into like Quebecois indie rock and then <laughs> I got really into Quebecois oh. indie rock um, well, I got some of that for you later. Oh, I bet you do. Um, but there's this band uh, called Malajub, uh, and they have a great song called uh, Montreal Minus 40 Degrees Celsius that was just like very fun. And uh, Cole, they say your favorite, your favorite word, jouissance. Yeah, I mean, it's a French word. It's a French word, and they said it in French. Yeah. Um, what, what, what was 14-year-old Cole yeah. doing? So for this exercise, I tried to go really think about what I was listening to in terms of what I would, if I were by myself, and I just wanted to feel something, you know, what was... Yeah. really emotionally resonant with me that I would really listen to a lot. Um, I also tried to like go, like if I can choose, I would go between the more interesting ones. So the stuff that like I haven't talked about on pod a lot. So no Bonifair, no Phoebe Bridgers here. <laughs> um, interesting. So yeah, so, but I found other options. There were like three potential Bonifairs and like one potential, but two, yeah. potential. but I, anyway, so 
when I was 14, I had just started uh, my new school, which would be the school for the rest of, I, it was uh, year nine, which the school went up from year seven to like sixth form, which the last two years. So I was in year nine going to year 10 to this year, but most of it was in year nine. Um, new school, very weird, didn't really like get along with people that well, besides my few friends. Um, and I did not have the most sophisticated music taste, so. Raise your thumb if you can listen, if you, sounds good, by the way. Um, I was listening to this. Yeah, I love Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Um, I thought it was so deep, you know, so funny. It has a painting effect. It has a long title. Viva La Vida, Death and All Experience. You know, it's, I loved, I would just listen to this album a lot. There was a two-part EP that I would listen to so much. And some other Coldplay, but like this was, this was like peak music for me. Um, I did not have that. Just good taste. I was just like exploring out, you know, seeing what I had of albums on iTunes. I wasn't really purchasing that much music, and because I was a little nerdling, the music I did purchase was like movie soundtracks or like the song I had heard in movies. So like, I could have also put for the previous year when I got into Lost, um, Mama Cass's "Make Your Own Kind of Music," <laughs> um, big Lost song. But I love Coldplay, and another band I love through my brother. I love the music in this period. Is this year actually is really the only one that's majority music passed down from my brother that like I like what he liked. Um, and this next one is one that was a very big album in our family. That one's really a, a bop. Um, that's Elbow, One Day Like This from The Seldom Seen Kid, which is an incredible album. Such a good record. It's so good. And I love their two directly after that and then like no other Elbow. But um, it's, oh, the whole album rocks. Ground for Divorce is obviously a classic. Um, and One Day Like This is like very much like the anthemic, like inspirational song that was probably in dozens of ads. Um, and it's so good. Elbow's really like very Yorkshire bands. My, my name Guy Garvey. Um, it's really good. Well, yeah, I so. learned about Elbow from my high school history teacher, who is from Yorkshire, yeah. um, who was like the same age as them, and was like, I was sort of like adjacent to them socially. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, tried to quit. Um, <laughs> you might have to reshare. Oh, interesting. Oh, I'm Sharon. You're Sharon. Very Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> Sharon Osborne? Sharon Ullman? Oh, You'll sure. never know. Sharon Adams. Holly Adams' mom. Oh, nice. So I'm, I'm 15 years old. 
Yeah. I'm realizing how much I like, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I listened to Vampire Weekend and I really like that. And I Mm -hmm. think they're like a pretty unique indie rock band, but I also want to listen to things that don't sound like every other indie rock band. Cause I was like, a lot of this stuff sounds pretty similar. Um, and then I stumbled onto Tumblr, which okay. is where I learned about, um, you know, some hits like So that's uh, Gigantic by the Pixies. Um, I started being gay in terms of the fact that I was just like in love with their bassist, Kim Deal, who sings this song. Um, And I started like trying to play bass riffs on my guitar. Um, So, you know, it's a a fun time in terms of that. Um, But I was also like, oh, like who were they sort of contemporaries with and um, there were a bunch of people on Tumblr who were into Riot Girl, and I was like, oh, these are some interesting, like, politics, because, like, no one had ever told me that I could, you know, have body hair and, like, choose things and just, like, feel yeah. freedom um, in ways. Uh, so when I heard this, I was like, this is really So that's Double Daria by Bikini Kill, uh, and I just, you know, I still think it's like a really fun, yeah. good song to this day. Nice. Um, my 15-year-old selections were definitely like, definitely less personal. They were just like, oh, I love this sappy song. Um, 15, that was an interesting time. What was happening? Um, yeah, it was still just weird school times, just kind of be existing, but not really feeling like a 15-year-old or a teenager, um, and just kind of living through school. So I listened to, like, bland, kind of sappy stuff like this. But I'm going to share my, sorry, spoilers. Spoilers. I got to share discreetly. What if we could share share to see this train, I'd run away to some fortune that I, I should have found by now. So Yeah, I like to uh, feel emotional listening to music that didn't really mean anything, but it had the right, like, signifiers yeah. of emotional complexity um, like, that I was swept away. Hmm? 
it, it feels really urgent. It's like, yeah. Right. 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 And I love this album by Young the Giant. Interesting name. They feel kind of more like a indie Imagine Dragons in that they're going for that like sweet rock stage hand, but much less annoyingly and like much less like trying to scream hard rock. Um, it was definitely a much like sweeter little band that apparently have been releasing albums since that I don't know, I guess I'm not a teenager anymore, um, but I really liked it. All right, my next is one that I listened to this album so much and the album that came out this year by this band. Um, it was also that very much like sappy, feeling sad, moved, but also like not to feel sad, but like I love listening to sad music to like reflect my feelings. Like I'm, as we know, someone who listens to a lot of what's called sad music, but like I don't find it makes me sad or sadder. Um, it's more like reflecting and like I think it's sad. Like I get sadder when I listen to happy music when I'm sad. So I would listen to a lot of this. If you were here beside me instead of in New York, if the curve of you was curved on me, I'd tell you that I loved you. That's Snow Patrol, little, our favorite little Northern Irish band, Wigari uh, Lightbody, of Chasing Cars, Chocolate, and other songs. But I think this album was a little bit better. Um, I Yeah, they're all just like these kind of ballady, sappy songs that I just sucked in and absorbed into my soul. Yeah, and over to you, man. Nice. So one of the things is that, like, age... 15, 16, 17, things kind of like, I was listening to a lot of the same stuff, but it's a lot of yeah. stuff, that, you know, still means something to me and I want to include. Um, and as we all know, I had a fandom blog on Tumblr and my fandom was grunge music. Oh. And my favorite band was... favorite band was Pearl Jam and I was in love with Eddie Vedder and his like long hair and white Doc Martens. I was yeah. like, this is the coolest thing that could ever possibly happen. Um, yeah. At the same time, I was getting into like more old school, like straightforward, hardcore punk um, and uh, DC favorite uh Henry Rollins of uh, mm -hmm. Black Flag with the song Rise Above. Yeah, 
Is it musically interesting? Absolutely not. <laughs> Was it like important for like angsty me at age 16? Yeah. Incredibly so. Um, I also watched like way too much of Henry Rollins' stand-up, which like was a mistake of nature. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a uh, cool. little 16-year-old me. Yeah. 16, I was definitely changing a lot, trying to get into, I was getting into more interesting music, but I hadn't quite found it yet. Um, so I was still very much inspired by what others shared with me, like Josh or Phil or what movies and stuff. Um, so this is a song I really admire. Yeah, that's uh, my friend by Dr. Dog. The doctor will see you now. Oof, oof. Um, that was Josh's favorite band. We spent a whole car ride making up puns for it when he was playing his Dr. Dog. Um, I love this song from their album Fate, which is, I think, one of their best. And this song, as you could tell, potentially, is basically like two songs with a bridge that works so well, which is something I love. I love it when I don't like an overly long song that doesn't expand that much or just builds up, but I love it when songs i don't know actually i have very different mainly i just don't love it when sufjan does a huge song i'm sorry ethan michael we've talked about this but i think those are some of his most boring songs um and except for impossible soul is good but that is the five act track anyway um this has two really great songs in it and this fascinating transition that cuts into this incredible song that has a flat piano playing this flat line dialogue before it suddenly all reels back i think it's gorgeous gorgeous uh, my next, uh, 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 it is. Good times for a change. See, the look I've had can make a good man turn back. So please, 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 let me, let me, let me. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, an incredible thing is that I was considering putting that song on my playlist for the same year. You ever uh, watch 500 Days of Summer? Yeah. <laughs> I think there were two rom-coms actually I saw in a row that both featured someone like meet two people meeting because they love the Smiths and I was like, guess I gotta listen to the Smiths or I want to fall in love. I don't, what was the other? Oh, God. Oh, wait, it may have been Perks of Being a Cauliflower, but... Perks of uh, Being a yeah. Cauliflower? Alex yeah. and Spider movie? The movie with Lerman Lungan. Uh, <laughs> and, and Ezra Koning. <laughs> yeah, I, ugh, I don't know. What else is there more to say? Fantastic. Um, Smith still honk, in my opinion. Every time I listen to them, I'm like, oh, yeah. 
is good. Queen is Dead, one of the best albums, but I didn't really get into that album when I bought it as a CD, like a couple of years, actually about a year later. So that's not for now. Emily, do you want to switch screens? Tell me about your 17s. Well, the Smiths just, um, just do fucking hit, you know? Um, okay, so I'm 17 and... You were just 17. I was considering putting another song about being 17, but I was like, no, no, Emily, that wasn't what you really loved. Wait, what song is it? Oh, uh, oh God. Um, like, something Lagoon. What was his name? It's like, when I was 17. I was thinking, like, one I was thinking of is that broken social scene and <laughs> anthems for a 17 year old girl. I was, like, considering that, and I was like, man. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was still into punk rock, but exploring like new cooler things. And uh, this album had pretty much just come out and like. One hundred zero one. I do believe in heaven and I do believe it's time yet That's the song, The Lord's Favorite by Ice Age, um, everyone's favorite uh, Danish post-punk band. Yeah, and uh, an animated movie series featuring Yeah. So when I was 17, I tried to go see Ice Age twice live. And once... Was it the fourth one? Continental <laughs> Drift? Or is it, wait, is that one, is, no, Collision Course is the fourth Anyway. I don't know. I never saw any past the second one. Uh, I saw the but first I, you know, I got turned away because the concert was 18 plus the first time. And then the second time they came to Moscow, mm. I had just turned 18 and went with Tristan and Elias, um, the, the lead singer of the band, like held Tristan's hand. It was like very intense mm. and very beautiful. Um, but another thing about being 17 is that I, um, you know, had uh, a high school sweetheart who uh, was really into music. And at the same, I introduced him to the magnetic fields, to be very clear. But because we were both listening to the magnetic fields and like had both kind of just discovered them, um, we sent each other like a lot of magnetic field songs and like he would record little covers during the summer when we were apart and like send them to me. Um, and you know, uh, a relationship favorite was a song that should not have been a 17 year old relationship favorite. Yeah, so I think age 17, definitely when I started 
being interested in things that are influenced by country music, even if I didn't realize it at the time. Like the Ice Age song is definitely like an alt country track, and um, uh, Papa was a rodeo is also just you know full yeah. of beautiful, beautiful country imagery. I love that song. I think it's my favorite from '69 Love Songs. I have listened to it so many times, and it's a great choice. It's up there. Yeah. I don't know if it's my favorite Magnetic Field song, but I think it's my favorite from that album. It's good. So, 17-year-old Cole? Yeah, 17. You know, so much sense to you. It was really, that was when I was growing up, sixth form, as they call it, the last years. I was really discovering a lot of music. That's when I got into Weekend of the Vampires. Um, and like a lot more interesting things really like my music taste exploded in those last two years high school um, I was also in a relationship for part of that year um, and I really got into one band which I had known about before and listened to a bit and I really got into them they released a new album that I was so about um, and this was far and away the best song after life, I think I saw what happens next. Oh, it was just a glimpse of you, like looking through a window or shallow sea. Could you see me? And after all this time, it's like nothing else we used to know. And after all the hangers on, we're done hanging on in the dead light. Yeah, I think that song is incredible. It's Afterlife by Arcade Fire from the album Reflector, which is too long a little bit. That was when they started being like, what if phones, but too much. Um, but like still, a lot of the songs slap so hard. And there's such a big difference drop between that and their following album, which they really jumped the shark. And this one was produced by LC Sound Systems, James Murphy, which is why it slap so hard um but basically they were my favorite band um and i got tickets uh for me and my girlfriend time i like found they were coming to london and i spent like some money i'd saved up got tickets um and it was on her birthday and i was like oh great we'll go to a concert uh but then we broke up <laughs> like a couple weeks like two weeks before but it was this amazing moment because that day i took the sats it was like, I did a practice, like one before I really studied, and that was my actual one that got me to college. Um, it was the day after I finished my like exams, because in England you do a lot of exams, so I finished my AS levels, my AS levels, and then took the train to London with my friend Ed, and we saw the concert, and it was, I think my first like real concert, like that I had bought a ticket for and went, um, and it was just a magical experience. There, the first opener was too many DJs who played for too many minutes. Um, and then there was uh, Lord, this new singer who had released a single that was popular and some other songs that weren't very good live. Um, <laughs> and she was okay, honestly. And at one point she was like, love Arcade Fire for, you know, for so long that I've been one of their longest fans. And then she realized that like most of the audience had been in like definitely because <laughs> she was, I looked it up and she was a week younger than me. She is. <laughs> she was performing at Earl's Court, this historic venue where so many famous bands have performed that about six months after we went, Boris demolished to make condos. Because um, that's the kind of London he created. 
um, and his legacy is left. But it was such a good experience. Like I had so many magical moments listening to these songs live. Um, they brought on Ian McCulloch from uh, um, Echo and the Bunnymen. They played the Smiths cover, London by the Smiths, which is kind of hawks. And it was just amazing. And seeing this song live was just an amazing, best experience. Um, yeah, this album still kind of hawks some of the songs. The song about death. And this is also the first of two albums that are an adaptation of the Orpheus myth. <laughs> All right. Now we have, this is an album that I literally just walked into FOP, the music store, and purchased and adored. Like, I had known very little about it. I think I saw a good review in the AV Club, which I was reading regularly. Um, and it blew my mind. And I would just play it, I'd steal a family CD player and just listen to this whole album. And... This is during a time when I was having really bad sleep trouble and there are a lot of songs where I, like I had like three or four sleep songs that I would play before I go to sleep to like calm my mind so that I could go to sleep. One of them was Beth Rest by Bon Iver, which I decided not to put on the list. Um, and this was another really popular one that is just an incredible song by a Philly artist. And I realize now that the room Lost in the Dream. Well, it's the song is in reverse. It's from Lost in the Dream by the War on Drugs, which it's a 10. That record, it's 10. It's a perfect record, in my opinion. I, it beautifully charts like depression, pretty much, and a breakup. Um, and this final, this is the final song of the album. I love Closers, and it just has this amazing sense of finality and like, you know, the darkest. This is basically the dawn, you know, after the darkest night, which was like a song and a half ago. Um, it's beautiful. It's a wonderful song. I think it's an amazing album. All right, over to you, Anne. Cool. 18, big year. I was still in high school for most of my 18th year, um, yeah. but I applied erectile dysfunction to Haverford College and got in and got really excited about like music that was going to be local. And like there wasn't really a DIY scene uh, in, in Moscow that like I had access to um, but I knew that there was in Philly and around and I discovered this incredible band called Screaming Females and I was like holy shit listen to this guitar <laughs> Also, just like loved Marissa Paternoster's voice, and then years later, when I was on Fox, I booked her side project and found out that one of her friends did. Um, oh shit! Am I sharing sound? Yeah. Oh okay. Um, one of Marissa Paternoster, the lead singer's 
friends was um, the person who did the big mural of the um, bear on the side of James' house. Oh, wow. So, famous. Yeah. Um, okay, and the other thing that happened to me was as, okay, I was like starting to become aware of the fact that I was a gay person um, and had a huge crush on my friend Linda who had way too cool of taste in music for a high school senior yeah. um, and she brought me to a Mickey Blanco concert and I was like oh this is unlike anything I've heard before it's survival of the fittest so a spitter killer likes me come around and fucking it Wanna play? Ooh. Let me roll the dice. See what I can lay. Ooh. Lay them feeling right. See what I can slay. Hey, it's boogie life. Fiends like to wild out. Gullies like to wild out. Yeah. So you know, just like these incredible. Um, like I had this incredible night of like sneaking into a club and pretending to be 21 and getting to meet like this incredible queer artist who I listen to to this day and like think of as an interesting political voice to this day. Um, and it was like in a very sweaty room with like maybe like 30 people in their total. Um, and uh, there was like, uh, a raid of the club that the show was supposed to be at the day before they were like you can't operate you're shut down um which was definitely like an anti-queer police move Jeez, yeah. um, and then they found like a, a last minute other venue so like a bunch of people didn't make it but we made it to see Mickey Blanco and they were you know like changing outfits and like had a wig that they were like had in their mouth that was all like that they were while they were like windmilling their head and it was just like the most insane scene of my life it was like crazier than anything I could have imagined at that age and um you know just felt extremely cool and I was like yeah like, this is music I really enjoy So, 18, it was a fun time. I was, yeah, that was really expansionary music taste. Like, 17, I got into, like, indie rock and, like, Arcade Fire and Vampire Weekend and Soof John. Um, I think definitely the biggest music moment was, like, Carrie and Lil coming out. I remember being so excited for that. I, like, pre-ordered the CD. Um, but I was getting into a lot of older music then, too. I still didn't have Spotify, so I was still fairly limited, but I would go to the library, get CDs, or buy them cheap on eBay. Um, I got really into like the Beach Boys and some Beatles, um, Bowie, Velvet Under, I was really into Velvet Underground. So I was really expanding my music taste with like the classic like cool music. Um, those, yeah, those are the big ones for me, but there was one that was to me like, this is my favorite music so much so that I tried to make a mix CD for our car because like, the car I drove only had like CD player. Um, and it was too big, I had to make two CDs of my favorite music. Um, and this is their best song and their best performance of it. Singing to my mind. 
Stop Making Sense is like the greatest music movie ever made. Um, thank you, Demi. Lord. Yeah, thank you, Demi and Demi. Um, yeah, incredible. And This Must Be the Place is still one of my favorite songs. It's just an incredibly beautiful love song that I really resonated with. And I think it's like the most beautiful lyric in music is I'm just an animal looking for a home, share the same space for just a minute or two. Like, oh, that's just such a very like existential love <laughs> sentiment um and he performs it to a lamp i know ethan hasn't watched it yet i don't know if michael's watched stop making sense but stop whatever you're doing and, and watch the movie could we watch it in new hampshire that would be oh so my fun. gosh yes we should watch red hot american summer <laughs> the fart cut and then stop making sense sing along dance along it's so good so most fun. importantly we need to watch Booksmart. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so the other song I've picked for this year is not quite a cheat because I'd probably listen to it more as 18, but this is one I heard when I was 17. Um, and I, it was July and I heard this new movie was coming out. So my mom was looking for something to do. We had a guest in town and I was like, let's go see this movie opening day. Um, and that movie was uh, Richard Linklater's Boyhood, which oh, yeah. I watched and I was like, oh, this is like the best movie I've ever seen. Like it was so beautifully like observed of like growing up. And because I was 17 and the movie, I don't know if has Michael seen it. I don't know. Ethan definitely knows about it. I don't know if he's seen it, but it's filmed over 12 years and each it's just like 20 minute slices of life of this family and mainly, mainly this boy growing up. Um, and it's just such a beautiful, low-key drama um, that has, what I love is that how much you could tell by the year by like the song or what game they were playing or what news events. And it was one of those movies where, you know, you see old movies that have a lot of pop culture references. And this is one that's like, oh, I lived through. I remember I was that age. Um, and of course it ends with him going to college, which is the only, only the graduation college segments, which are the 18 Years is that's the only bit I hadn't experienced yet. Um, but it's a really there's this beautiful scene with Patricia Arquette breaking down what won her the Oscar, and then the lead character Mason, not Emmert, uh, drives to college. And this is the song that plays as he drives to college. <laughs> tell why that was the perfect thing for 18 which is the year i was moving to college um i'm gonna take a quick ad break do you want to you can should i pause it or do you want to do an ad um i, I can do an ad right. yeah okay um hey listeners uh today we have an, an ad from uh, uh a beverage um 
you want Cole to go to the bathroom, give him a beverage. Any beverage really works. Um, the man has a small bladder, but he loves to sit through many things um, for long periods of time. Sounds painful. Um, also, you're outdoors, you're really hot, have a beverage. Uh, the other day I went to the Vibe Urgent Care to get tested for COVID and it was 97 degrees outside. Um, what was it like? What? What was it like being 19? Tell me. Oh, yeah. We gotta speed this. We do gotta speed this and it's my fault, unfortunately, because yeah. I have to go. I'm like um, who blocks out uh, three hours for every podcast. Being 19 uh, was weird and new when I was in college and um, I was really interested in playing music and uh, I had this friend who uh, was kind of a music snob uh, whose name is Simon Balaconis and Simon and I were talking about starting a band together and he introduced me to this song by a band that I already knew but it really influenced the way I thought about my own ability to play music and like think through lyrics. impactful very straightforward song uh, and then when Hayden and I had a band called uh, Christmas Twins um, I uh, we were we were once compared to beat happening and that was like the happiest day of my little life Aww. also I had a friend named uh, Dina Miller who introduced me to a lot of things about music was also kind of a snob, uh, but with more uh, DIY things. And here's a song that I just like really was incredibly enamored with and would like walk around Haverford's campus at night listening to. Sorry, we um, got 90 seconds per set per year. <laughs> you gotta go. So the Liberty Bell is a replica silently housed in its are really weird um, and Mitski's doing something really interesting with a very traditional form like that sounds like the 60s and 70s um, folk rock that I had enjoyed before but you know she's just so fucking good okay cool nice 19 first year of college uh, great time I didn't have Spotify for the first few months because the first thing I downloaded it wasn't the interstellar soundtrack um, I think it was the live Wilco album um, but that's not it, because before I was experimenting with music and I downloaded, downloaded I went to the website. I mean, uh, I've gone, I was using both Pandora and 8-Tracks before I had Spotify, and one of them, I don't remember which, brought me towards this song that 
it was one that I wasn't really paying attention to what I was playing, and I suddenly, I was like, whoa, this is the most beautiful song I've ever heard, um, and I played it relentlessly. <laughs> LCD's sound system is a band that like I love so many of their individual songs and so many of them I'm just like eh <laughs> so that they're ones I listen to the individual songs like three or four like on repeat and then like the album so rarely um all right and the other I don't really have much more to say about it but it's an absolute classic it's one of the best songs ever written I think unquestionably um yeah Tears and fears and feeling proud to say I love you right out loud. Dreams and schemes and surface crowds. I've looked at life that way. For me, there, um, I listened to the Judy. <laughs> like, it's, it's funny because it's the most beautiful song, but there are four different versions I listen to regularly because the Judy Collins is like, oh, the morning, I need to wake up, wonderful. Then there's this one, which is, I think, pretty like middle of the road. It's very much like, I just want to listen to something great and cue it up, and it's always going to be great. And then there's the 2000 version, which is when I'm, you know, in the midst of things, emotional, which I think is probably the best. But then when I'm feeling for something different, I go for the Dave Van Ronk version which honks. Thanks, Dave Van Ronk. You honk. All right, now you're 90 seconds. Talk about being 20. Okay, so when I was 20, I threw a lot of parties, and I was, like, really depressed, but also just dancing so much and loving my friends. Um, and the song that, you know, was sweaty and James House through all of it was... <laughs> Yeah, Whitney Houston is like the queen. Uh, there's nothing else to say about that. Uh, so that was the, the year at school. And then I moved to Minnesota and uh, was like, you know, intensely falling in love uh, and uh, listening to a lot of Beach House because I was like between being depressed and super isolated in a new place. And then also like starting a new romantic relationship that like, was really um, meaningful and uh, you know like Sean uh, Cheesemonger he drove me to the airport on my way to leave Minnesota and I heard the song and I like what's going to happen what what do I want and what am I projecting that I want um really just an important song uh, yeah. in all those regards okay 20 what's I up I was thinking of Beach House but really they're uh, an artist I listen to the albums more and I just kind of vibe with the albums 
uh, rather than one or two individual songs. But anyway, when I was 20, um, I was getting to, I was having a little folky phase, really. That was end of sophomore year. Um, and I got into this one folk album. Again, I love kind of storytelling albums, but not like, sorry, no offense, but like Andy Schauf, where it's like, oh, me and my friends are here. I love kind of more mythic stories, um, which is why, and stuff that has more like political relevancy, which is why I was struck by this one album that had some of my favorite vocalists. And I didn't lie because it's not Bon Iver, but. So that's from uh, the original. Your voice. Yeah, River Sticks is high. Is why? No, that's from the original recording of Hades Town, which the incredible album, which is a, I think is the best recording still because nothing matches Justin Vernon's voice, and he plays Orpheus in this version. And it's I love listening to this album. It's so emotional. Um, and for a while, I had this playlist because they started releasing the Off Broadway versions. So I would listen to this playlist, which is the new songs, the off-roadway versions with the original album that had Justin on it and the other great vocalists. I have barely, I like started listening to the actual, they recently released a Broadway album and I started listening to it and I was like, this isn't right because the guy who plays Orpheus now sucks. Um, anyway, so moving into new times, I think they had a big change summer of sophomore year and there are some bands that I've mentioned before that I've played before that we're doing a comeback with a new album and I really didn't have high hopes and I got an advanced CD because I bought concert tickets because I didn't have high hopes. Um, and I played the first song and it just hit me deep inside. Um, and I think the rest of the album hasn't, like I think it's lovely and amazing and it's some great songs and it is completely overshadowed by this one like euphoric to use the layman's jouissance song. anything I said oh, when I was playing. I really couldn't hear you there. Okay, sorry, I thought I wanted to see if it would play lower, but um, yeah, beautiful song, beautiful music video with Sister Space Back, Ryan Johnson. I think it's an incredible song. I've listened to it so many times. Um, guide us through 21. Okay, so when I was 21 years old, uh, a song that was very important was I wrote it and recorded it with this one song that was about um, how much uh, I felt like a crazy person when I hang out with the boys who I was friends with freshman year. 
know, they made me feel overly emotional. Um, and then I recorded it with a band and Simon Bellacona still knows it's about him. Um, so if you ever are curious about a diss track, that's yeah. Unhinged by Baby Bush. Wow. Um, Who brought that band together? Bandcamp? Yeah, you brought us together. Yeah. Um, at the same right. time, 21 was also when I started thinking about like Jewish political identity a lot more um, and like started getting interested in Yiddish traditions and like what it really meant for me to be a Russian Jew. Um, and there's this great song that, you know, uh, I saw because there was a video uh, of the, the video of Richard Spencer getting punched. Wow. Um, so that's Ech Lule Lule um, by Daniel Khan and uh, Psoy Karalemka. Um, it's in Russian, um, and it's just this like old, um, like 19th century uh, Jewish soldier song. Um, and I would just like trek across campus listening to this like so many days. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, 21. 21. Um, I think it was an interesting time, definitely going through. Uh, a lot of rough spots, um, but some songs really kept me up. I got really into this album I've talked about a lot before. Um, I think it's a fascinating album by a really interesting up-and-coming group. Um, the lead singer's wonderful, fascinating guy. He's a Samoan Jew. It's cool. Um, <laughs> Keep Me in the Open. Beautiful song, beautiful album. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of really like emotional songwriting. Um, and yeah, it's really great. Um, my next one, uh, Big Mood. Big Mood. So this song, actually, funnily enough, so I looking at my top songs 2018, this one is number four, um, and the other ones are, sorry, the other, uh, the top, sorry, five, uh, five, and the others are the first song I played, Keep Me in the Open, which I played repeatedly, then Motion Sickness, then we got Funeral, which was, would have been my top if I decided not to include V Bridgers, um, then a national song, Born to Beg, which is great. Anyway, take us through 20, Emily. Okay. 
20. We, yeah, okay, we're doing fast. Sorry, we don't have to go 90. Yeah, we're actually going, we can yeah, I sped through those. I don't have to talk so quickly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, 22, senior year of college, like a really weird kind of bad time and politically a bad time. I mean, like all of these years were bad politically <laughs> and still right. are. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, this next song I really got into after the shooting at um, Tree of Life Synagogue. Um, and this album just like grounded me in Jewishness. Mm -hmm. And this song specifically, like when I saw this musician live, I cried at this point. Wow. Um, and you know, it's just good, good shit. choices that people might not think of. Everyone knows that yeah. Furman is my everything. Um, I, I, you know, that helped me through a lot. Seeing Ezra Furman is like one of the most electrifying experiences of my life. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, I just, uh, music that resonates. Yeah. And then I'm going to do another thing that everyone totally, totally expects. But we were graduating from college and it was an emotional time. And this was like. If I could go that is yeah uh it's it's this my really young, right? off that album Eddie Vedder? So what I'm trying to figure out who it is never mind <laughs> uh yeah I just like I'm like DeMarco a lot of time in cars crying to that. <laughs> sitting in cars comedians in cars crying <laughs> that's what your alley yeah Cole in cars crying should be my new talk show I'll make a graphic for it. Wow. Me? 22 Coles. I'm trying to think what a, I don't know if I've seen that many in concert. I mean, I guess two of mine were LCD Sound System that I did see in concert, which was an incredible experience. Um, but also, I like didn't know him that well, but I saw Jishin there, and I like deliberately moved away. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I want to be alone at this time. And it was like the best thing I've ever experienced. But um. And Arcade Fire and I don't know, and some others that because they didn't put Phoebe. Um, I also didn't put Magnetic Fields that would have worked for last year or this year, but I couldn't decide any particular song and I thought it was too obvious as I thought Wise Blood. <laughs> I was like, eh, 
I feel like that was more like a yeah, it was a big thing, but um, so I'm glad you did. Um, mine is a different song that, for various reasons, I ended up listening to several times throughout the year, and like went through cycles of this being a song I would just go to over and over and throughout. I think this was a big for me around graduation, just around after graduation. Um, yeah, so without further ado. Stills and Nash. Fuck you, Neil Young. No, <laughs> he wasn't in that one. Um, yeah. And he's also, yeah. <laughs> he's also too much of a wife guy to reunite with the band. <laughs> he was like, oh, Crosby was mean to my wife once, so I'm never going back. <laughs> um, helplessly Hoping is an incredible song. Um, it was a big part of the movie Annihilation, big scene, incredible movie. You should watch it. Ethan, you should watch it. Michael, I'll watch it with you. Uh, fucking honks, and this song is a big part, and I remember listening to it a lot, uh, both after watching the movie, and then I listened to it a lot with Josh as we were driving through New Hampshire about a year ago next week, which was like, a, as I talked about in the pod, like a very like emotionally blech, time in my life, so that and like Bonavera really what got me through it because uh, we still the Nash and Bonavera. Um, a lot happened at the age of 22 and I'm so glad to not be there but too soon because while I was in college a lot of what I listened to that final semester it was from this one artist who I think so delicately um, like combines like this orchestral sensibility because he is like a trained orchestral guy with like kind of indie rock with kind of Vox popular storytelling in a way. Um, and here's a little segment from this song. <laughs> This is a song called Empire Liquor Mart, uh, 9127 South Figueroa Street by Gabriel Cahane. There's this album called The Ambassador, which each song is told from the perspective or like about like a certain building in LA. And this is the Empire Liquor Mart, which where the young black moon was killed, uh, part of like one of the incidents that sparked the LA uprising in 92. Um, and he like it's like a nine minute song with like a dozen different parts that he just weaves together so well and like uses he like shifts between like 
first and third person. Such an it's it's a fascinating song. Um, I think he's incredible. I think he like moved to after talking to Miel on Twitter about like moving to New York a couple of years ago. He started talking. He got like a position as like the head of the orchestra symphony, which is cool, but also it means he's doing less like fun music. Um, not that classical music isn't fun. Um, but that was a big part of being 22. And over to you. Okay, 23 is the year we're currently in. And yeah. I've split it musically into pre-quarantine and quarantine. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, kind of same accidentally. Yeah, so I don't think either of these will be surprises to anyone. I know that you enjoy both of these songs. Yeah. Um, one is, you know, just like living alone in a in a city after college. You're 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 looking for things that connect and and for for you know something about like being known and being seen and um, friend of the pod released this song and I was like shit. You ask if I had been crying lately. I said, how can you tell? You said I'm clairvoyantly. Yeah, so that's friendship. Um, friend of the pod, Dan Riggins, um, one of my Philly crushes. Uh, just a very good fucking songwriter. Um, and I know the song has your favorite line. Mark's got nothing but garbage. Garbage movies. This is also a song about him going to see Willie Nelson. Yeah. So the you that he says about going to see you in Jersey is Willie Nelson. Um, yeah, so that's just like a funny tidbit. Uh, but I thought, yeah, I just think like that album's beautiful, that song's beautiful. And then, and then we went into quarantine and we were in our heads and we were just like, what's about the domestic sphere and like <laughs> suffocating? And of course. And I've always been too smart for that, but you know what? My heart was not. I took it like a kid, you see. The cool kids vote to get rid of me. I'm ashamed of what it did to me, what I let get done. It stole my fun, it stole my fun. Vegetable boat cutters. Yeah, I think that refrain and that album title, like the first time I, I heard that and I put it together, I was like, oh, like this is what I needed. <laughs> um, and, and I know we all like this record, so there's like not much, like I don't need to persuade anyone that this is yeah. good the way that I might want to with other things. Um, but yeah, it's just like an incredible a call that I respond to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not That's to be goofy about that. Yeah, Cole, what was, what's 23 been? Um, it's been weird a lot of times and a lot of stressful times, but a lot of nice like calming. And I think that I was like the most settled I'd been for a while before everything went crazy. Um, which was odd, but, uh, you know, um, it was been time. So I went with this song that 
I know I've mentioned in the group chat before several times. I, I don't know if anyone's listened to it or maybe they didn't, didn't like it. Don't want to offend me, but it, I think it's an incredible song that uh, I said about everyone. I need new adjectives. Um, it's a really fucking good song that also happens to be uh, 24 minutes long, um, but it's very calm and it's one that, like, if I'm stressed, I listen to. If I'm anxious, I listen to. Like, not sad necessarily, but like, if I need to calm down or like if I need to relax, often I'll just like listen to the whole thing as like a therapeutic exercise or while I read um but also just like there I think it's so nice it's mostly ish it's, I, I wouldn't call it ambient but it like yeah trust in that and it does have a lot of lyrics so it's not ambient but it's called In Another Life by Sandro Perry um here's a little excerpt <laughs> has this bass kind of warble that that really like grounds the whole song and plays all interesting stuff on top fucking rocks uh my next song is one that i really got into in quarantine after i watched a movie that oh i just deleted the tab um but uh um it's a fucking incredible yeah uh this is the last like bit Yes, I believe that it's rightful. Oh, I believe it in my mind. I've been told, like I said when I before, carry on the crime. And she's on, it's a told her, like I said, carry on. I wish I was there to help her, but I'm not there. I'm gone. Yeah, so it's a song called I'm Not There by Bob Dylan. Um, it has this, I keep trying to figure out, like, why is this song so good? Because a lot of others, you're like, oh, it's a great rhythm, you know, and this is such a lyric. Yeah, but this, and, you know, he innovates the bass. Hmm? That sounds really good. Right? It's fucking amazing. And it has, I think it's just this really, like, simple chord structure that's also very, like, interesting chords that you wouldn't, like, the way the chords develop is so good and... The lyrics are fascinating, but what's more fascinating is that in true Bob Dylan fashion, this is a very, like, hidden song. Like, it just, like, was never released on any records for decades. It was a bootleg, and then they released a version of it that was a bootleg version. Um, but you, like, couldn't, it just, like, was a legendary song. And he's known to perform it, like, one or two times. But the thing is, there are two different recordings of it. And they have different lyrics. <laughs> like they have some mostly similar, it's probably like 50% the same, but very different lyrics and they're hard to interpret. So you go on lyric websites and they all have different lyrics for the same recording because it's kind of hard to tell what he says, but there are a bunch of things that could make sense, which that's something I love um, trying to figure out this. I've tried to play it on the guitar, but basically when Todd Haynes, amazing director of Carol and other films, um, was making the movie I'm Not There, which is his best film, where Kate Blanchett and others play different aspects of Bob Dylan. Um, somehow it got out that they were naming the movie after this song, which had only been bootleg release. And it turned out that the original recording of the song, Bob had sent to his friend Neil, Mr. Young. And Neil had not 
Bob, being not a terrible communicator in general, had just not communicated that this was like the only master of the song and Neil didn't realize that, so just never returned it. <laughs> so then Neil sent it to Todd Haynes and was like, hey, I think you might like this. And he was like, what? This is what like Dylan fans have been looking for for decades. And it was like in Neil Young's basement. <laughs> yeah, it rocks. Neil Young would just have some shit in his basement. <laughs> That's super important. Oh, yeah, this was Bob's. He gave it to me. Oh, my buddy. Um, but yeah, I've just been listening to it so much, trying to play it on guitar, which is a lot harder than it sounds because I'm bad at guitar and because it's complex chords. And like, you don't, like, it's hard because you don't know how the lyrics match up because there's no like perfect, yeah, version. You don't know what lyrics to sing, but it rocks. And Bob's been giving me a lot of comfort this year. Um, yeah. And that's, that's our, our lives, really. Um, music in the future, it'll all be beeps and boops. Or will the music of the future sound like uh, a banjo? Oh, or will it sound like this? <laughs> I hate so good at that. I've known it like 10 years. Yeah. yeah, people are into that now. What, fart sounds? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty good. Thank you. Well, great pod. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we talked about the city of Washington, D.C. sufficiently. Right. Oh, what was they going to talk about in relation to Allison? Oh, oh, oh yeah. the car. So we talked about Allison. One letter drive my car. Uh, I'm going to drive her and Worth, which will be, well, so Kira and her sister, her younger sister, youngest, Isis, um, are doing this thing where they listen to like, what's it called? Like Ranker, whatever that website is, Rate Your Music. They're like a thousand albums to listen to. And Kira's like, I've been listening, it's kind of fun. Isis is really far ahead. She's in like 200. And so I'm like, maybe I could listen to this. So. That's I, fun. I might join out like <laughs> to Alison Worth and be like, sorry, it's Sinatra now. <laughs> in the car. And then Elvis, then Joan Bias, then. Joan Biden. Oh, he, you know, Trump's the first racist president, something Biden recently said. That's crazy. Only slaves? Uh, they can, uh, yeah. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Anyway. Well, well, on that beautiful note. Michael, wish you, hope your move was good. Yeah. Um, Ethan, I'm sad that we can't visit you in DC because I would have loved that. But maybe yeah, I could take to back about um, Indian matchmaking because we both finished the show. Right. How long is it? It's eight episodes. How long? They're like 30 minute episodes. Wait, 30? Yeah. Oh, that's doable. Yeah. No, I think it's like an interesting show. And uh, Seema Auntie loves to talk shit. So. Yeah. Okay. I gotta do it. I gotta catch up and I may destroy you. Gotta watch it. Gotta watch. Gotta watch. All right. Okay. Love, Yins. Good night. Good night. Live from Philly. It's live from Connecticut. Fuck. It's a day. Fucked it up. Oh fuck. What day is it today? It's one of. Oh, well. Um, signing off. <laughs>